0: Rolling Dice and Taking Names podcast is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at TheBrokenToken.com.
1: Welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. RDTN is a show with two longtime friends that talk about board games, card games, and anything else that grabs their attention. Squirrel! Here are your hosts, the Waldorf and Statler of board gaming podcasts, Marty and Tony.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 59 of Rolling Dice and Taking Names, proud member of the Dice Tower Network. I'm My name is Marty. And I'm Tony. And this episode is called Come Sell Away, because one of the games I'm going to be talking about in this episode is one that I've been very excited to get and talk about, and I've played many times now, and that is XCOM. Did you know Come Sell Away is
1: about aliens? No, I didn't know it until you said we need to come up with a name, and I did Top 10 UFOs. Songs and I was like, well, actually, you know, thinking back. Think about the line. I, they do. They gathered in their sailing ship and headed for the sky, they climbed aboard their well, close starship. Enough. Oh, my gosh. Come on. I'm a big Sticks fan. Oh, me too. And I just couldn't remember the words. I know they got aboard their starship and headed for the sky or something like that. Yes, they did. From the album Grand Illusion, released in 1978. One of the best. I think
0: that was the fourth song on the first side of the album.
1: That's oh, I just remember listening to that over and over. Oh, that one. Yeah. Pieces of Eight. Oh.
0: Mm. Oh, Pieces of Eight's good. And the second side of Come Sail Away doesn't get as much credit as what it should with like A Man in a Wilderness and Castle Walls, which Mm. is full of Shakespearean uh,
1: quotes. I don't know if you knew that. Mm -mm -mm. No, I didn't know that. Um, Which one has, um, is it Crystal Ball that has Sweet Madam Blue on it? Yes. Yeah, I think that was the first one with Tommy Shaw. So you I look think. at you. You look at you. But, but still. Anyway. Somebody we're,
0: may correct me. But anyway, yeah, big Sticks fan. So yeah, so Come Sail Away is about aliens. And we thought, hey, since we're going to be talking about XCOM. However, I don't think you want to climb aboard their starship because the aliens are coming here to destroy the world. Really? Yes. Well, Why Why do they hate us? I don't know. I guess if they didn't, it wouldn't be much of a game. I guess it would be like what you would want in your Robinson Crusoe game where you turn over a car It's just like a sunny day. At the beach, mm-hmm. I guess maybe there would be a car at XCOM
1: that says, Hey, they just want to come down and be friends. Did you see Ignacy um, tweeted out and Instagrammed out a new project he's working on? Maybe. Maybe. Well, I know you saw him talk about his hidden ninja. Oh, his hidden samurai. Samurai. Yeah. He said it was a. I I thought it was a hidden ninja behind the wall there. Was it? I see you can't remember this stuff. You and get Imperial too many settlers. tweets. Imperial sellers. You can't get so you get so many tweets you just can't keep straight. And that's that's fine. Oh, what was the other thing I was going to tell you? Oh, oh, oh. oh. Wait, wait, wait,
0: what, what game are you talking
1: about? I uh, that, Don't do not do this to me. I, I thought it was We fi- the one that brought it up. It, don't bring it up unless you know it. It's hashtag, was it five dead winners? Five? Oh, I'm going to go look it up right now While you when you start rambling on and on and on about how great XCOM is, and I haven't been able to play it yet.
0: Well, because you won't come to my house. I I will.
1: You just got. I invited you, and I invited you. You Did and I and I had plans, but that's beside the point. You know, it's amazing just how hard it, how hard it is to get together. But that's okay. We're gonna make this happen.
0: XCOM. <laughs> then you came from uh fantasy flight. Yeah. So we're gonna be talking about that. We're also gonna be talking about Harbor, which uh, Tony and I just well, actually, I just got on Kickstarter, and uh, got together with Tony and played, and I played with my uh, family. Tony's going to be doing a review on... Who is it? Actually, I know, but I just want you to talk.
1: Uh, doing a review on a Let Them Eat Shrimp. That's what I'm doing. It's a, it's from a Dr. Finn game. Um, a lot of people... It's one of those games, and we'll go into it. The name just kind of throws people off, I think, Marty. And he needs to get some... Um, Spotlight on it for a little bit. We're also
0: going to talk about uh, some news about some games maybe coming out, and I think Tony's going to you're going to look at a couple Kickstarter's yeah, too. One of them is an
1: unusual one. It's awesome. It's <laughs> it's, it's it, you you got to go take it. Uh, uh, well, you got to go take a look at it at least. Now, there is one thing I want uh, before we cut over to our reviews, Marty. Guess what I did last night? Besides play. Pandemic and Lost and then played Diamonds and Lost.
0: What's that? Well, you're used to losing Diamonds,
1: but anyway, what? This is true. Um, I went out and backed Tiny Epic Galaxies. Okay. I know you already had, and we said we weren't going to, you know, kind of so we can share games out. But I started looking at it, and, you know, you have had the demo, and I didn't get a chance to play it, because once again, I didn't come over. But anyway, and by I'm looking at it, I'm like, they're going to break 40 $400,000. $400,000. is impressive with that.
0: Yes. Uh, I mean, it's their biggest one so far, but I wish I would have known because wasn't there a pledge level where you can get two copies for a decent price? I would just have thrown an extra copy on mine.
1: Uh, that's fine. It was one of those last minute Let's just go do this, you know, because I kept watching it. I had the reminders. And I was just sitting there. I hope they make it to, you know, get Scott over to Essen. So you think we could get a Kickstarter to get us over to Essen? No. Okay. Unless people just wanted us to
0: leave the country and not come back. Maybe it'd be a one-way ticket to Essen and maybe not come back
1: Yeah, here. that's true. I could see that happening. But yeah, I went out and backed that. So I'm, I'm excited for that in September. And now that I've invested in the company, I'm going to say this. I am so looking forward to the next one that they have coming out. And who knows when it will be?
0: Yeah, uh, they kind of talked about a little bit about it at uh, BGG was kind of teasing it and seeing that's the way they want to go. So they're not done with the tiny epic universe, it looks like. So I can't wait to see what else they do. No. Let's, uh, I think this is a good time to let's go do some reviews of these wonderful new games that we just played. Sounds awesome, dude. Let's go. Okay, so when XCOM was announced at Gen Con, I was very excited about this because I have played the video game, and Tony, have you ever tried it?
1: No, I haven't had an opportunity. I know I need to, but I have not tried it. But you own
0: it, though, don't I you? I believe
1: I do. I'd have to go and look at the Steam library that never gets played and just take a look at it.
0: Uh, you and like everybody else, oh, it's a Steam sale. That's only $5. I'll buy that. Squirrel! I've done this. A year later, i would be like, uh, oh, I want that. And I go to buy it. And Steam says, hey, dude, you already own it. Oh, yeah.
1: uh, Okay. Well, you know what's amazing? The best thing that ever happened to me was losing my regular desktop computer where I had all my games and going just to a work computer. I don't waste my time playing all those games, but someday I'll bring it back. Someday I'll get another computer in the house and and load up all the Steam games. I miss Left 4 Dead and all those other Half-Life. I never finished Half-Life. And Guild Wars 2. And Guild Wars 2. Yeah, I know. With the expansion that was just announced, which I'm excited about. Which, is, yeah. What? Yes, yes, yes. I'm. Yes, that's that's the goal. Wait for the expansion.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> never mind. We'll take that offline. So XCOM. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a wonderful video game. It was I think like in 2012. It like won strategy game of the year for for mini games. So it was announced it was going to be coming out. But I think the big thing about this uh, was this was. One of the fewer games or newer games that uses an app as part of the game, hobby games. Now I know Tony, I believe you've mentioned before that there were some older games that used apps, right? Like our digital electronic equipment.
1: Well, it all goes back. I mean, you and I both watched the Chaz video where he has the Trump um, slide the car in the apprentice. And he's talking about, you know, XCOM's not the one of the first. Here's another one. There was stop thief. There was dark tower. I'm sure that there were, Shoot, Mattel baseball. I know that's not a board game, but uh, you know, you think about technology over time. They they came into board games in the '70s, so this isn't something new. That was Dark Tower, not Dark Castle.
0: Nee 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 nee
1: Did I say castle? No, you said Dark Tower. I said <laughs> Dark Tower, not no, Dark.
0: Oh, no. and then did, did the remember? sound? Yeah,
1: I know the sound. Okay. You throw the
0: rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were hooked on that game. All right. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this is about a board game. Yes. Uh, so this uh, came, came out uh at the beginning of uh, this year in January, and I pre-ordered it, and I got a copy, got it in, and this is a four-player game. It's one to four-player. You can play solo, and it takes anywhere, I don't know, maybe hour hour to, to 90 minutes. It is a co-op game, fully co-op. And the whole goal is is you are working together with the other players as aliens come down to try to take over the planet, which is kind of like in the video game itself. And there are four roles within the game that you become. And they are commander, chief scientist, central officer, and squad leader. So each player takes on a role. Or if there's less than four people, then you have to take on multiple roles, which is what I did night when we played going to play with three people. And that was hard. That was way... It's, you have to think a lot when you're trying to play two roles at the same time. I mean, imagine trying to play two roles in Pandemic. Oh, heaven
1: forbid you have to think while you're playing a board game.
0: Because remember, this is, the thing about they're using the app yeah. is because everything's timed. Right. So, so as you're sitting there working on one role, it comes up for the other role to do something, and you need to go take care of it. But anyway, so there, there are four roles, and they're each very unique in how they play. And the game is broken up into two phases. There's a time phase and a reconciliation phase. And the app is used for the time phase. So each of the roles have a, have a unique purpose. The commander is the one basically keeping track of the XCOM budget. To me... This is one of the most important things of the game. There's currency that's given to you each time phase. And this currency is what is used to pay for deployed units and people and scientists who are researching for you and interceptors that are put into space to fight the UFOs. So at the end of the time phase, for every one of those that was deployed, you have to pay one credit. So as the time phase is going on and people start to deploy their units and stuff, the guy in charge of the money has to keep count of all this to make sure you don't overspend. Because
1: if you do, something bad happens. Okay. Well, yeah, anytime you overspend, you go over budget, something bad happens. You collect debt.
0: Yeah, but when I guess when I first saw this game, I thought it was all about getting the right forces to fight the guys, which is true. <laughs> but watching the money is extremely important. And the first time that we played, we actually had an accountant. Play as the commander, which actually worked out pretty well, but it was kind of funny because he people were like, Hey, can I have? I need to deploy a couple of these. Can I have money for it? Nope, you can't, can't afford it this time. It's like, dude. So he was like playing it really, really hardcore.
1: Yeah, but uh, but before you move on past that, I mean, you're looking at a game that where. It's not heavy accounting. I mean, you're not trying to balance the books, make sure it doesn't add up. What's the trick about adding up to nine or something like that? I mean, it's just keeping track of your resources and how much, not right resources, but how much money you got to spend, right?
0: Yes. But again, here's the thing. So this is time. So this has happened during the time phase. So as people are deploying and stuff like that, you're, you're trying to make sure you keep track of everything. And another thing that the commander is responsible for is he's responsible for interceptors. So uh, during the game, there are phases uh, during the game where it will say, like, okay, it's this person's turn to do something, and this person's. Every once in a while, it's the AI's turn, where a UFO will be deployed to a continent. And the board is made up of kind of like the world with each of the continents highlighted. Or an alien will be deployed to the XCOM base, uh, which you have to defend against, because if the base is destroyed, the game is over. So as they're doing that, this is all timed and the guy's trying to maintain, wait a minute. How many did you just deploy that? How many did you deploy that? I got to deploy interceptors to take care of the, Again, because it's time, it just gets kind of crazy. Another role is the chief scientist who's responsible for researching technology and upgrading the XCOM forces. So this mm-hmm. is kind of slick. They have some cards in their hand, which are basically abilities. They can put these on the board and research these abilities and their abilities for all the four players there. If they successfully research ability, they take that card, give it to that person, and now they have an extra ability that they can use on their turn. Each person starts out with a, one of the three abilities at the beginning of the game that uh, can be used either during the time phase or the reconciliation phase, and they're all uh, geared towards that particular profession of, of whoever you're playing as. So that's the chief scientist role, which is also a tough role. The central officer, to me, I think is the easiest, and that's the one running the app. So he's actually looking at the iPad or the PC or whatever and pushing the button. Okay, you need to do this. Push the button done. You need to do this now. Push the button done. The only thing he really has to do is... There are UFOs that show up in orbit around the Earth, and he may have to deploy satellites to fight against those in orbit, and that's pretty much it. The squad leader is the last thing, and he's the guy that has all these units. So I don't know if you've seen the game, but there's really nice little plastic figures of all the units, like there's a support unit, uh, assault, heavy, sniper, and each one of those are deployed to the board to fight against the aliens and also to try to achieve the missions of the game. And the goal to win the game is there's this one final mission that'll pop up at some point during the game. You complete that mission, you win. So there's your four roles. And during that time thing, it's just it's just insane. It's like, okay, uh, hey... You need to go get some more money. Hey, research. You need to put down one of your cards. You want to research and sign scientists to it. Oh, look, we need to. There's an alien that just showed up in the base. Hey, squad leader, you need to deploy some of your units to take care of those aliens. Oh, we have a mission card over here. We need to deploy some of the units to try to achieve that mission. Oh, look, now we got to deploy. I mean, it's just insane. So it just goes on for several minutes. All of a sudden, it's like boom, their time phase is up. So then the board is sitting out there and you're staring at it and you've done all this. Then comes the reconciliation phase, so at this point, you just take your time doing that. You win?
1: Have, you, have, you, have you won?
0: yeah, we actually we just won to, we played four times. Uh-huh. we did we did win tonight, but I wasn't ready to tell you that yet. oh so, I'm sorry. Well, I thought you maybe had a question about the time phase thing. Did you catch all that?
1: you went through it pretty quick, you know me i'm 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 hearing you. But uh, <laughs> but you're not listening. I know I am listening, but I'm like, okay, I'm trying to see. I'm I'm still back on. Was the scientist guy kind of like when we played that game at BGG Con where Ollie or the communication officer? Oh, look, people are calling us. Was there anything about those roles that you didn't like? Was there, which one would you prefer to play?
0: To me, well, only because I played it four times. I'm kind of tired, of tired of playing the central officer, the guy controlling the app. I want to do something else. See,
1: he sounds so boring to me.
0: Well, that one is kind of boring to me. Now it is. Okay. But the thing is that when you're teaching the game, it's the best one because you're the one kind of responsible for the clock. And during the easy mode, you can pause at each point and explain to the person what they need to do. Okay. Which, which is what I did tonight. So when you get to the reconciliation phase, first thing you got to do is you got to count up all the units, satellites, and everything that were deployed on the board. And you need to make sure you can pay for them. If you can pay for them, great. Everything's golden. And any money that's left over can be used to build more interceptors or get guys that uh, have been killed and you want to bring them back to, to your reserves. So you can use do that. If you don't have enough money, you the continents move up on the panic track. See, there's this panic track that the continents, as uh, UFOs come down and aliens are attacking, the continents get more panicked. And if two of them reach the end of the panic track, the game is over. Also, the more panic they get, the less they trust you and the less money they give you each round. So there's a set amount of money that you start with at the beginning of the time phase. As they move up that panic track, it's like, "Ah, I'm withdrawing refunds from you guys because obviously you have no clue what you're doing. So you got to try to keep them as low on the panic track as possible. And they move up on the panic track by not spending uh, or overspending or If you can't get rid of those UFOs that are hovering over their continent with your interceptors, they'll go up on the panic track there, too.
1: Okay, so they stop paying me. Who do you think is going to save them? Have they thought that through? Well, see, that's my kind of issue. It's like, hey, I am your last hope. You're our last hope. Uh And
0: if if it's not us, then who?
1: Exactly. Who do they think is going to come? Fine, burn.
0: So on the reconciliation phase, after you, you go through the make sure I have the money, it kind of just goes around the board, and each person does their tasks. For example, the chief scientist will try to research those cards they put on the board, All the tasks are done the same way, regardless of who's doing it and what you're doing, Uh, whether it be researching tech or assets or it's whether it's fighting against the UFOs or fighting against the aliens. It works the exact same way. You have some blue dice, which uh, are good for you. The more blue dice you roll, the better. And each of the blue dice has two success icons on that dice. A success means, hey, good for you. A blank means nothing happens. And then you have a D8, a red D8. That's the alien die. And every time you roll, you check against your threat level, threat level track. And if the red die is equal to or less than the value on the threat level track, you lose and then bad things happen to that person. So the threat level track always starts on one. So the only way you can get messed up is on that first roll is if you roll a one, and I've seen it, and I've seen it many times, and I've seen a handful of blue dice, three to four blue dice come up blank and a one on the red die, and it is absolutely brutal.
1: So the dice kind of, does it taint your opinion of the game, or does it just, because, I mean, based on the co-ops I play, you know, Defenders of the Realm, the dice can mess you up, but did it taint your opinion of the game?
0: Uh, I don't know it, it it will too. it will totally mess you up and you will lose the game with, with a few bad dice rolls it makes for an intense game and the whole thing of the chief scientists is they're giving you abilities to help overcome, mitigate some of the bad luck that might happen for a die. Maybe there's a skill to re-roll the red die, to hopefully roll better, or maybe give you an extra blue die. So she's trying to, well, I said she, because Vanessa has been the chief scientist the past few times, and so she's the one handing out these rolls that make it easier Mm -hmm. to succeed on your tasks. So the chief scientist does that. The central officer rolls, for the the satellites that are in orbit to fight the uh, UFOs. On every hit, a UFO is destroyed. If you don't kill all the UFOs, the panic level goes up on the lowest continent. Then it rolls over to the commander, who then rolls e- against uh, each continent. There's interceptors deployed to each continent for the number of interceptors he has. That's the number of blue dice. He rolls against the red. He tries to destroy all the UFOs. If he doesn't succeed, they go up on the panic track on that particular continent. Each hit destroys a UFO. Then it rotates around, kind of goes around the board. Each side of the board is kind of like one, one roll. Then he gets to the squad leader and the XCOM base. There's aliens that came into the base and there's icons on the aliens and each of the units, the little guys that you put out there to fight, they have icons assigned to them. And to fight a certain alien, the icons have to match. So you can assign that person to try to fight that alien. For each unit out there, you roll a blue die. Again, there are tech that can make the guns better to roll more blue die, etc. And for and then each hit uh, that you have on the die roll takes one life away from the alien. They're usually like one two life. Kill them off. They're gone. And if there's any aliens left, your base takes damage. If the base damage goes all the way to the end, game over. So there's your other lose condition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's either the panic or the base is destroyed. Then you go to the mission, and there's like three mission things that you have to achieve. And, again, those are the icons. you got to match up the icons. And if you achieve the mission, you get rewards. Like I said, towards the end of the game, at some point in the game, the app will say, flip over the final mission. Uh, What's cool about this game is like there's a bunch of different missions you can do six or seven and then you flip that over and if you achieve that final mission which is pretty difficult then you you win the game after that you take all the guys off your board and kind of reset everything and then go on to the next round and that is pretty much how it how it works so you're trying to mitigate against the bad luck of the dice you're trying to keep the ufos in check over each of the continents you're trying to keep the aliens in check in your base meanwhile generating enough money to be able to deploy your guys to fight against these things
1: I'm comprehending this, all right? So, what do you like most about the game? What do you dislike the most about the game? We've talked about, previously you and I just talked about how the app doesn't, you don't have any rule book, which is amazing. Uh, well, I actually, we have not talked about that. No, I'm saying you and I have talked, you know, to, together. Oh, oh, yes. And um, finally, what I'm going to ask you is, so if you had to choose between Dead of Winter and XCOM, what you're going to pull out.
0: All right. Question number one, what do I like the most? It does give a very tense experience. I love the unique roles. Uh, the app is kind of cool for the timing aspect. In all honesty, they could have done it without the app. They could have had that these uh, actions that you, that you take during that time to phase could have been a deck of cards, like a random set of, of cards that you flip over and you, and you resolve it. The thing with the app, it does figure out a few things for you. The the higher the planets are on the panic track, the less money you get. So it automatically calculates that for you. Uh, plus, there's the whole timed element, which makes – that's the unique thing about the game. If you didn't – if you were playing with cards, you wouldn't have the time mm-hmm. thing. And you could sit there and talk about all this stuff, right? right? Here's what I need to research this time. How much money do I have? And you can kind of work all that. So that's what the app's kind of really for is for that timed aspect of it which is kind of neat. The music's kind of cool, it's the same from the game and some of the same some of the same sounds are in it. So we played tonight with my son who plays XCOM and there's this one particular sound in XCOM when the aliens attack. It's like I can't you've got to play it and know it, but when it came up on the app he just shuddered. It's like, "Oh, that sound. I know that sound. That sounds bad." <laughs> so um so I really like that. It's 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 you can't because of the timed aspect, it's really had to hard to have one person run the game. So there's not like one person will be telling everybody what to do because you just don't have time right. to do that.
1: Okay, I'm with you.
0: The thing I maybe don't like about there's two things that, that you may not like about the game. One, the dice rolls can mess you up. If you're the type of person that you do not like the luck of the dice where they can just totally ruin a game for you, then you might want to try this. Before you buy it. Because tonight I was getting really frustrated with the dice rolls. But then wouldn't you know it. We got lucky with the dice roll on the last roll to win the game. So uh, I guess it kind of goes back and forth. that With every bad dice roll. There was there was a good dice roll. So that seemed to work out. Uh, again with the researching scientists giving you abilities. You can help, help mitigate that luck. The biggest knock I have in this game. Is the lack of a printed rule, rule book. It's just a two page uh, reference guide. Kind of an introduction. Learn to play. Here's how you set up the board. And that's pretty much it. All the roles and everything are in the app. So you have to pull up the app, pull up the rules in the app to kind of look and see how everything's done. I don't know why they just didn't put a quick reference guide in print so that you could easily pull out and give to somebody. By the way, here's what, well, I guess they give you cards telling you what your roles are some of the things you do but it doesn't break it down very well like you can only assign four guys to a mission it doesn't say that on the reference card that sort of thing there's little things i just wish they'd have put in print so that's the biggest knock on having in the game i wish they could have put a few
1: more pages in here so i could read the doc learn how to play and not have to go to the app yeah guess what it's the wave of the future i mean how many things are you getting now that really have installation books those kind of things oh go to our website and take a look you know so hey
0: well, no, that's true. I mean, and even video games uh, per se don't have manuals in them anymore. It's really everything's built into the app itself with this, some sort of tutorial. And maybe they've gone that route. It's like, hey, we're going to walk you through the tutorial on the app, which is nice when you just sit down and play for the first time. But if you just want to learn how to play without breaking out the game and, or setting it up or having an app, it'd just be nice to have. So on the RO scale, where do I put this thing? I put this as it was a buy for me. And one of our things is it's a game to buy. It's still, I think it's a game to buy. I think it's a a unique experience. We were getting frustrated tonight. Vanessa loved the game. Wanted to play the night and halfway through, she said, I'm not playing this anymore. She was getting so, (laughs) her dice rolls were atrocious. She couldn't roll at all as the scientist. So for me, it's a buy, but, As far as Ameritrash games, it's very trashy in that the theme is awesome. There's a lot of theme there, but the luck, the roll of the dice will totally mess you up. So if you were on the fence, I would definitely say try it first. All
1: right. So you guys heard it. Try it first. But for Marty, it's a definite buy? A definite buy.
0: Now, you did say, what would I pull down? Dead of Winter or XCOM? Mm. To me, they're two totally different things to where I don't even compare them. Okay. Okay. It's it's there's there's a feel if if there's the chance of the betrayer type thing that doesn't exist in XCOM which is kind of neat in Dead of Winter, um, but you know what Dead of Winter has the same issue with that die if you roll and it's got a bite on you, pff, over. So it, it's the same sort of thing and that that dice rolling there can totally mess you up.
1: So the betrayer just makes them separate enough for you to say okay they're they're too different. So if I'm in for if you're full co-op XCOM dead of winter i know you don't play pandemic anymore
0: well yeah and, and the the themes are two totally different right. things the theme really works well in dead of winter the theme really works well in x ex- comp especially if you played the video game okay so after hearing all that do you have interest in playing do you think this would be something you'd want to borrow and have your family and friends? oh you
1: play? know it um it's a co-op game i'm gonna play any co-op game i can get my hands on just because that seems to be what everybody wants to play. It's the only games they want to play because they can rely on someone like you or me to sit there and say, okay, you need to do this. Oh, what does this person do? Well, he does this. I don't understand these words. It's, I don't want to say this meanly. It's just they're able to sit back and enjoy the game and leverage the person who understands the game a lot, you know? Sure. And, and that's the thing with the co-op game so yeah definitely i i look forward to playing it and hopefully we'll get a chance
0: so let me ask you this is let them eat shrimp something i would like to play no <laughs> okay we can move on to the next no. thing
1: <laughs> um actually uh, well and the reason why is because your youngest is i uh, think he would be too old for it now so let let them eat shrimp the the I'm not going to go into the detail that Marty did for XCOM costs, but I do want to give it, it it's just because a,
0: I spent too much time talking about it and it was a waste of time. No,
1: no, everybody's it's the hot game. Everybody wants to know about it, but I do want to, if, if you've got kids, I'm, I'm looking at the box right now and I believe the age is six and up. Okay. So it's for a younger audience. Did you ever play the game block I haven't. You have it. Okay, this is where, you know, in blockus, it's as simple as just trying to get all your shapes on the board and you have the blocks and you have the odd shaped ones as well. Right. All right, so to me, Let Them Eat Shrimp takes that concept and now you have objectives where you're trying to place your pieces, your odd shaped pieces and get certain odd shaped pieces. There's more strategy to it. It's the very next step, okay? Mm -hmm. And that is a very, that's a positive for it. Right. All right. So as you're sitting there trying to uh, you know play your pieces and score your points and, and gain victory, you're doing a lot of, um, oh, shoot, what's the thing where you're able to put pieces together, Tetris pieces or, uh, oh, god, space relations. See, thanks. Appreciate the help, Marty. Thanks. Mm. It, it teaches you space relations. It teaches you to think ahead and, and take a look. Oh, do I need to get that piece or do I need to go do that? Oh, watch out for the shark. So I think if you're ready to move on past the blockage stage or you're looking at possibly going to that mass market game, you really should take a look at this. Because, you know, Dr. Finn Games, they put out Biblios. They just had a very successful Biblios Dice Kickstarter that came out. So he's known for those games. Go out and look at those. I I wish I had gotten a chance to play Biblios when we were down at Con. To me, it's a I can't use very good because that's not on our scale.
0: Nope. You've got four. It is a, it's a game. It's a good game. It's a great game. It's a game I buy.
1: I would say it's a good game. Okay. And I think there the two. And the reason why it's a good game, it could be a great game. I think the knocks on this game are that first off the artwork. Oh, mm. uh, just like when we were talking with happy Mitten, you know, all games are going to have, it's now a set rule. You've got to have the mechanics down. You, if you don't, then don't even Bother bringing it there. So we now measure the game zone because we have our base level of what's a good mechanic. The next step is theme and art. Okay, let's just say that we're art, and I completely agree with them. You've got to look at what's the next thing to bring people in because how do they judge the game? There's these screens that hide the pieces and, and the um, shrimp and everything and they're scary. They've got sharks with hats with kids on surfboards. Mm. Yeah. I mean it's it's nice artwork but it it doesn't jump and it doesn't it, the kids on the surfboard look photoshopped in. I mean Suzanne could do a better job. All right. Okay. So, and I, and I think that's the big knock of it from that standpoint. And the boards that they're modular so they don't interlock or anything so they can get bumped or shifted or anything like that. So, you know, those are some of the things if if they had looked at, at putting together the boards in a folding fashion or had the artwork been a little bit more cleaner, I think it would be a great game, especially for young kids and families to invest in instead of um, Blockus. Blockus is a great game. I'll give it that. Or it's a good game. But, you know, I think this this provides that next step that people should really look at.
0: And it's interesting you say that because you remember in episode 58, the guy, guys and gal at happy mitten we're talking about you know everybody almost expects a good mechanic game now mm-hmm. it, it's like that's what they expect and so what's the added part that makes something uh, a game separate itself from others and one of is like art and components
1: yeah and that's what i was just saying yeah exactly
0: yeah so mechanically it's a really good game but it kind of falls down the art so now it's like okay we expect a mechanically good game at this point so what else you offering art and better components and that's where it kind of fell a little bit for you
1: Exactly. And take a look at it, guys. I mean, if if you have young kids, because it is, I mean, from the standpoint of two to five players, uh, six and up and plays, it's a very fast playing game, 20, 30 minutes, or better yet, for those of us getting older in years, it's a good game for maybe elder parents. Mm, Okay. Okay. Um, If you can get your elder parents to get past the name, my mother-in-law looked at it, and when we, I was teaching them, and she goes, let them eat shrimp. This makes no sense. I don't want to play a game that says let them eat shrimp. I ain't going to do this. It makes no sense. What are we trying to do here? I'm like, okay, so we can't get past the name, but you're going to play the game. Yeah, but still, so the old time. This makes no sense. Let them eat shrimp. How does it make sense? I'm like, okay, fine. What do you think of the game? Well, I think it's a good game, but I don't understand the name. <laughs> So we'll leave it at that. Yeah. So I'm. I still owe Doctor Finn a write up, and I'll. It's. It's. I need to reread what I wrote because it's not very good. It's, man. Man, writing. Writing has gone out the window, Marty. Mm. We're used to writing more technical
0: stuff now than than whatever the. I don't even know what the other thing is anymore. I'm just so used to writing technical documents.
1: I, I need to go back to my dungeon roll write up where I have executive summary. And break it down like I would a normal, you know, process paper or something like that. I have to write at work and go from there.
0: (laughs) There you go. So the last thing we want to talk about is a game that we, um, or I, backed on Kickstarter, and that was Harbor. And I got a copy of it this week, and I played with my family, and I got with Tony and played. And this is a game from
1: uh, Scott Alms.
0: I'm sorry,
1: what? I'm sorry, yes, Scott Alms, published by TMG
0: yes my tasty menstrual and it is another one of scott's games where you know he makes the tiny epic series and this is one that kind of plays quick and it's simple it's in a small box and at its core it's a it's a worker placement game and the goal is, is that uh you are trying to move your work around buildings that are out on the table in order to generate resources. And there's four different types of resources. And then you can use those resources uh, to turn in to buy buildings that you take into your possession. Each building has a victory point. And the goal of the game is to be the first player to get four buildings. And after that happens, everybody gets an extra turn. You add up all the victory points on the buildings in each person's possession. The person with the most wins. So it's a very simple game to teach. Oh, yeah. You taught it to me over lunch uh, while I was eating a biscuit. Yeah, but it wasn't one of those bow cheddar biscuits. You need to try a bow cheddar biscuit.
1: Okay, I need to do that. But now, I don't know if you remember, I signed up and we got the promo copies where they didn't have the final artwork and things like that and got to try it out. As you said, it's um, a real simple game to teach, real simple rules. Now, one thing I will note that it wasn't very clear in the promo copies and I think you got a good grasp. I hope they cleaned it up about the little symbols and what the symbols mean. That is probably the hardest thing about that game to me is understanding what some of the iconography means.
0: Yes, and in fact, uh, each building has like a, almost. It's funny. My son was saying when we played. It says I didn't know I was going to know algebra in order to play this game, <laughs> because the symbols on the card have like you know parentheses around them mm-hmm. and then additions, and then the division for meaning or. And it's like you know if you add you know you take add two of this or you you give up one of this to gain two of this for every one of these that you got sort of deal they do put the text kind of at the bottom of those to kind of help you out but yeah sometimes you have to pick up the card and kind of decipher and it's like okay is this the associative property is it the distributive property the commutative property which one am I working with here
1: yeah and it but it, it's easy but once you get used to it then there it's there they were at least standard on it like the one where it was plus a block meaning the resource minus three resource plus four resource and it's like okay so i subtract three of my resource i gain four of another resource uh, that's pretty simple to understand
0: right and so the to me the unique mechanic of the game is how the market works oh brilliant is uh, that's brilliant yeah the market yeah so th- that's the part that really stands out what makes this game so good it's like i said you got four resources and there's a market and and they're randomly put on the card in, in an order to where uh before you can turn in or sell back that resource you have to have a certain amount. And it's two, three, four, or five. And those are the four slots that you're going to have. If you want to get five bucks for that uh, one that requires five, number one, you have to have at least five of that resource. And when you do, you can sell it and get five bucks. Combine that with maybe one that you have three of and get three and you get add that in and get 8. Anything you have in excess just goes away. You lose it. So you want to make sure you maximize the amount of resources you had and not blow away ones and, and that you might be able to use later something like that. But what happens is after you buy them, they slide down off of the their current location. The two or the their leftover resources slide to the right to the to the max location and the other two slide around and fill in behind it. So that's how the ro- uh, sources rotate through the market, and that's how the supply and demand kind
1: of changes for them. Let's just be very clear here, Marty. That will be the most frustrating for the, Sorry, frustrating part of this whole game for you. You're sitting there, and you're like, I've got five fish, and I've, and it's worth $5. And you look over at you. And you're like, okay, wait a minute. Is he going to mess me up here? Or if you get in a, and you've played with more players, just you and I playing, but you still mess me up. That can really upset your market. You have worked so hard to get certain resources, get certain amount, anticipating where they're going to be by the time they get to you. And, and you thought you were going to buy a building and you can't do it.
0: So what Tony's talking about, let's say he's set up for having five fish and say, I've got five fish too. If I sell the fish, all of a sudden the fish is driven all the way down to the bottom of the market and they're not worth as much anymore. So when it gets back to him, it's now messed him up. But not just that, but there are some buildings that allow you to swap items on the market. So here you are thinking you're going to set something up and the other person may go land his worker on a building, swap how the items are ordered and just totally mess you up. So that is the frustrating thing with the game. And I played with four players and... And that is bad because after you make a move, after it goes through three other people, you have no clue what that market's going to look like at that point.
1: Right. And that may drive people insane. And it wasn't so much you buying. It was, you're right, the, that, that building came out. And the buildings are random because of how they come out after people buy them, a new building comes out. So you may not start with that building that moves the stupid resources all around and screws up your strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, but you, you're right. That's what may be the thing that, um, hmm. let's say makes it so that people don't want to enjoy this game. They may be like, this is just so frustrating to me. I, my, I can't get a good strategy going here.
0: On the RO scale,
1: what are you going to give it? It's a game to buy, and I'm glad you did.
0: That is really confusing.
1: Okay, so basically, yeah. You, to me, if you enjoy worker placement games and you like a unique market thing, then for me, it would. Def- basically after I played it, yes, it's a game I'd buy. Okay, all right. And I'm, and I'm glad you did so I can borrow it. Thank you. For me, <laughs> I'm going to have to give two grades. Oh, now, whoa, 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 wait, wait. You
0: just said I'm confusing? I well, we didn't have something of, it's a game to buy, I'm glad you bought it. it. You said it's a game, it's a game to buy, and you bought it, and I'm glad. It was like, wait a minute, it's a game is one of the things. It's a That's game you should thing.
1: buy, and I'm glad you bought it. So, yeah. <laughs> Okay.
0: Okay, here, here's the thing. If I was playing with hardcore gamers, it's a good game, because I think there are other worker placement games that they might want to play that has a little more meat that's maybe a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. If this was a – if I had people that didn't know a lot about worker placement games, it's a great game because, to me, this would now be the game I would use for teaching a worker placement game. Used to, in my collection, what I would start out with with Lords of Waterdeep, which I thought was pretty simple. This is even easier because there's only one worker. So people who never play worker placement get the concept of, I got one worker, I have to move him to a building. But if there's a person already in that building, I can't move them there. So they understand the concept of moving a worker to a location to take an action. But they may get blocked from that action, or they may want to block somebody else for taking an action
1: to keep them from you know, doing something you don't want them to do. it's uh, So If with hardcore gamers, it's a good game, but okay, I'll, I'll let you have that. Well, it's my opinion. This is what I think. Yeah, but I can argue your opinion, because it's wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> so is mine. <laughs> but what was funny was after we played the game with my
0: son, he immediately said, this makes me want to play Lords of Waterdeep.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, because okay. he just—it's like he enjoyed that. Um, he he enjoyed the worker placement experience, and then he was
1: like, "Hmm, I
0: kind of want to take this to the next level. I need to pull out with Lords of Waterdeep and play again."
1: So I guess it's a quick game to set up. Yes, yes. easily. It's a quick game to teach, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you can play
0: in forty-five minutes.
1: Right. And I think if you, if you go back to it, there's a lot more strategy to it than you realize the more you play it. I mean, yeah, it's very simplistic. Put that one worker there. But start looking at, okay, wait a minute, does he have warehouses? Oh, wait, he's got things where his cost of his buildings are a little bit, you know, less over there. How can I use his buildings to benefit me? I mean, there's there's a lot more strategy there than I think some people may give it credit for.
0: But here's the thing. You know what? If those who are listening think that Harbor might be something that they're interested in, maybe we can help you out. Da da. da. <laughs> it just so happens that we have an extra copy of the game that we want to give away to one of our listeners. So we're gonna have another contest. We've had a lot of contests recently.
1: Okay, well, let's clarify this. This is a copy we have to give away because, well, Now that I've played it again, I want it, but I can't have it. So we've (laughs) got to give it away. So one of you lucky people are getting a really cool copy. So yes, you're right, Marty. We've got a lot of contests. Are you going to be able to keep track of all this? Well, yes. So, uh, we just finished up, um, our other, so
0: we have no active contest right now. So, Here's another thing. It's just going to be a a survey question. And Tony backed up in a seat. I wish he hadn't done it because he's the one that came up with it. It was, what is your favorite worker placement game?
1: I got it. I'm sorry. I had to get a drink of water before I started to cough on the mic here. Yes. What is your, uh, so you'll go out to our typical survey monkey type surveys and you'll get, there'll be two questions. What is your favorite worker placement? And number two, why do you need a new one?
0: (laughs) Should this be random draw or is why you need a new one going to be our deciding factor?
1: I think that's for us to determine. No, I, it will probably be whoever has the the probably the most creative um, why you need a new worker placement based on our reading and a third-party member who will get to read them with us so that we can have a, not a tie here. Um, we'll determine who gets the copy. And, of course, this is, of course, limited to the United States due to shipping restrictions, yada, yada, because this game is not worth shipping $32 over to Europe. <laughs>
0: That's true, because you can buy a copy cheaper than that in Europe. If yeah. it's I don't know if it's over there yet. So, yeah, so there's a contest. we got a copy. We want to give it away. And also, we asked that first question of what is your favorite worker placement? Because, hey, it gives us a topic to talk about when we come back sometime and go, guess what people said was their favorite worker placement.
1: And, yes, that one will be a required question to answer, unlike our survey, where none of them were required other than get it. unless you want to be entered. Uh, of course, your email address will have to be on there as well.
0: So at Tiplecon every year, Privateer Press has their big State of the Union, State of the Company address, and it's like, what, what big thing is going to be coming out this year? And, and uh, if you play War Machine, then you're probably really excited the fact that they're releasing their next set of Colossals for all their War Machine factions, and people were really excited about that. And there's also a new version of their RPG uh, uh, rules that are coming out that's going to more focus on the hordes and controlling animals. And um, So there's going to be a new core rulebook for that that also works with the existing core rulebook. But among all that was something else. They are going to release a board game, and it's called Undercity, Iron Kingdom's adventure board game. And they teased it a little bit, given some of the mechanics, but it's a co-op game, kind of looks like a dungeon crawler where you're fighting monsters. To me, the first thing that came to mind was
1: Castle Ravenloft. Okay, so first, a bunch of flags went up when I heard this. Okay. okay. So first off, Privateer Press, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, yes. flag one. Flag number two.
0: Flag one, why? I think we need to clarify that. I'm with you, but why?
1: Just because the track record ain't that good right now. For board games and yes. card games. Not yes. for the miniature game. No, uh, no, I completely agree with you. When I, I heard, okay, new miniatures. Yeah, that's great. But, oh, what? A board game? And so, which led to Flag 2... How did high command work?
0: For us, not well. And we don't see it played a lot around here at all.
1: And I know Marty gets on me about that. But if you're interested in trying high command, by all means, cool stuff, clearance, miniature market clearance, <laughs> you'll see it. Number three, why would I want to give up Ravenloft? Here, here's uh, This is brilliant uh, because it, you Imperial, Imperial Assault. Okay, keep going. No, you're right. You you,
0: <laughs> imperial assault. Well, I guess imperial assault is a little bit different in that this is co-op Descent, against the yeah. game AI. That, mm-hmm. the, so, but no, you had the exact same three flags I did. Like I said, it's to me it's like well, this is all like Castle Ravenloft. I mean, the the idea is that you you're gonna be playing. I think is over seven scenarios, and you can level up your guy, which is like Descent or Imperial Assault. You. Don't get to do that with Castle Ravenloft in those series of games. You can level up in the game, but after that, you have to start back at level one again, but you can play through a campaign. So I thought, okay, that's a little bit of Descent and a little bit of Castle Ravenloft together. Uh, the, the The cards look like your typical, you're rolling D6s. All the stats look the same. If you play War Machine, it looks very familiar. I need to know a lot more about this game before I plunk down any money for it. I'm interested. But to me, if it's too much like these other games, I, I probably won't get it. I love, I love the Iron Kingdoms universe. Love it. I think it's brilliant. It's so well fleshed out. But if there's nothing that stands out about this game, I, I probably pass.
1: I'm with you uh, from that standpoint. I mean, I'm always looking for a dungeon crawler. I know where it is on your game shelf over there to go try it. So, but you're right. So what, what did we just say earlier in the show? The mechanics have to be top notch. So what do they got to bring? They had great artwork on the high command cards, but so they've, they've really got a brand or the miniatures have that. Now that's one thing they can do. They can do miniatures and and there, and there will be
0: miniatures. We, I guarantee you the art and miniatures will be phenomenal, but you're absolutely right for this one. It's going to be the mechanics. And we talked about, it was a red flag because it's privateer press. I didn't play their second level seven game. I heard it was a lot better than the yeah. first, But the first one just didn't do any for me. Some of the other board games didn't do it for me. High Command really turned me off. Again, miniatures and even the RPGs, very solid. I hope it's good. I hope it's good, and I hope it's different because, again, love the universe. But it's just a wait and see for me. And I think it's coming out fall 2015, which makes you think you'll probably at least see it at Gen Con.
1: Yeah, and for me, it's I want a game like this. I wanted a good dungeon crawler. I thought Shadows of Brimstone would be it, wasn't it. And so maybe this will... This will do it for me, Marty. I don't know. Oh, I so miss um, RPGing in, the, in that universe. I, I know, get it started back, but time's minimal.
0: But, you know, here here's the thing. You know that the new series of D&D board games is coming out too. So it's competing directly against that. And, and so it's going to be, so which universe,
1: well, we know which universe is bigger.
0: Well, sure. And so if it, and, and I think WizKids is putting this out, but I think they're coming up with a whole new line. I'm curious to see, is it the exact same mechanic? And another thing. So now you're competing with WizKids and, and, and Wizards D&D uh, Universe, the theme. And if this just to like, uh, I'm sorry, D&D is bigger and we'll probably win.
1: All right. Other news for me. Next month, or let's see. when. Yep. Next month, March, 1st of March, pandemic, state of emergency will be released. Yes. And what is state of emergency? It's just an expansion to pandemic. You've got animals carrying around bad diseases. It's got a super bug. Now you don't need in the lab. You don't need on the brink. It goes in with your base game or the new base game pandemic. You can use the old game, but you have to sleeve cards, yada, yada, yada. So just go out and pick up the new game. If you still have the old game, you can do it. It's $25 or something like that. Or you might be able to trade for it easily on BGG con. I mean at BGG, but so state of the emergency, An expansion, I think it's three new ways to play. A couple new boards. They talk about how animals are spreading it out. Um, There are some videos out on there, but I'm excited because it's an expansion. And what's really neat, Marty, is they they made the statement that you can play it with the bass or you can somehow merge all three of them together. So you got pandemic, on the brink, in the lab, state of emergency.
0: Well, hopefully this one will freshen the game up for you some because I know you're getting kind of... Tired of pandemics going stale on each and maybe this will brings a new life to it.
1: Well well in the lab you did that, but you're right. Now like the other night when we were playing it, yeah, we lost because we couldn't get any black cards. So you're right. Maybe this will bring something new to it. So we'll see how that goes. But state of emergency and then they showed Pandemic Legacy October. Woo. Uh are you all over that? Oh, you know I'll be all over that, man.
0: Yeah. Well, at least you got a group that you can play with over time and, and grow. Uh, that's really slick. I can't wait to see how that goes for you and hear the stories of how a legacy system works with within that group. I love that idea. It's just that uh, we kind of do it here within the family, but it's not as consistent as what I think you can actually pull off because we tried it with, Uh, The Pathfinder card game, it went well for a while, but it kind of fizzled out. Mm -hmm. And one thing, it just hurt, too, because we got so far stinking behind. They kept releasing the expansion packs. And you know, once you release something, you feel like, oh, I'll never catch up. And then you just stop. At least with Pandemic Legacy, it's not like that. Everything's in one game. and You just kind of take it at your own pace
1: yeah so and that's what i'm hoping for and i mean you know we'll see um oh i'm gonna screw up his name rob was it Dob- no. rob davio davio that's was actually so, you know he he worked with matt um on this so i mean this this is expectations may be way too high for legacy but i've got a full um you know three quarters to wait for it but state of emergency comes out next um month so i can't wait to get my allowance for february so i can put in my pre-order So in episode 58, we were going to talk a little bit about other Kickstarters, but we had such a great time, didn't we, Marty, with Happy Mitten Games? Yes. When the White
0: Russians kicked in on Lee, just
1: things got a little crazy. So we kind of ran out of time. So we're bringing them back now. That's probably why you're getting so many RDTN episodes back to back to back. We did get a a, um, demo copy for a Kickstarter that's out there right now that I got to step through play a couple times gave it to Marty but I think he got tied up I don't know kicking um, alien booty all over the place and, and but he's looked at it at least I think so oh by the way that brings me back to something Marty squirrel do you know next year what movie turns 20 years old
0: next year so uh, in 2016 mm-hmm. so that would be
1: 1996
0: mm-hmm. Independence Day
1: can you believe that
0: I guess I uh,
1: no <laughs> Amazing,
0: Kevin. Kevin Smith doesn't look a day over. Whatever he is.
1: And well, Will Smith, you know, and all that. So oh, anyway. Who did I say? Ke- I, 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 Kevin, I was just thinking maybe. Oh, was, Kevin
0: Smith. Oh, my gosh.
1: I was thinking yeah, maybe the, that you were talking director. about. The director. I thought you were talking about somebody else in the movie that I had no clue about, but that's wow. okay. Wow,
0: Kevin Smith.
1: All right. So, anyway, we received this Kickstarter. Um, it is called Wizard Dodgeball, and it comes to us from Peter Newland. It's a relaunch of a game, and he was getting it out for people to try. So, I'm I'm pausing here to try to. First off, it's a relaunch. He didn't have much luck with it. It's a two-player game where you have wizards playing dodgeball. Hey, it's in the name of the game, right, Marty? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so aptly named. Aptly named. You know, you're saying something. So what about it? Well, f- first off, it, it, there's a, it's a strategy game. So think about it like this. Two wizard teams, which you get to draft at the beginning of the thing, you can either do pick your own players or you can do a blind draft or however you want to do it. So you, you pick the wizards and they are going to put go out and you tally up their magic abilities and then you get to pick the spells that your team wants to use. And the spells can be the same on both teams or you can pick different ones. You don't, it doesn't matter. There's, there's, they, there are duplicates on each side. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. So then you pick your spells, you line up your wizards, and you get ready to play the game. And just like in not the dodgeball I played growing up, in a circle where you would run around in the circle and get pinged with the ball, it's like, I guess, is there a professional dodgeball? I don't know if there's professional, but you know there's rec leagues. Yeah, rec league dodgeball where you have the balls lined up in the middle. Yeah,
0: it's that it's that newfangled style, not like the one we used to play as kids where everybody's just in a circle just beating the crap out of you.
1: We called that and I know this isn't probably politically correct. In 2015, Indian dodgeball. In a circle? No, when you lined up all the balls on the line and you stood on two. Oh, I'd, I'd never even heard of that version until that
0: movie Dodgeball came out.
1: If you can dodge a wrench, <laughs> yeah. you can dodge a wall. So, but yeah, we played it. We actually played that version in school. And, you know, but that's exactly what you got right there. So two teams line up, and then the the wizards have the ability to move the spells. So basically they're holding a wand in one hand and the ball in the other. So you got to run and get the ball, teleport wizards. You can pass them back and forth. And when you throw at the opposing team with the ball, you have your, based on what zone you're in, will determine which dice you roll. And then the other player has dodge dice. Okay, Mm -hmm. so so they'll roll to determine if they get hit or not. And it's just like the rules in dodgeball. It's that simple. Or, you know, if you get hit, you're out. If they catch the ball, then you're out. But what makes this different is that you have the ability to cast a spell. Hmm so you can cast like a speed spell on a fellow wizard so he can get to the ball faster or maybe a teleportation spell or a freeze or a butterfingers or or um a web spell and i can't remember them all but so peter came up with this idea you know marty it's it's not getting the love on kickstarter um i mean it's still got almost 45 days to go here and yeah. it's about 15% um uh, yeah I'm 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 feeling for him there guys if it's something it's a two player game so that's first that's that may be an issue for some people but you may want to take a look at it the second is he redesigned the artwork for the wizards and now all the wizards are animals or trolls or like a cat um, playing dodgeball or a, a lizard or, you know, something like that. So, Or a cat. Or a cat, yeah.
0: Because <laughs> you just already said lizard. That was funny.
1: Yeah, I know. It's I'm cat. paying attention. I know you're paying attention. I mean, the artwork looks good. Um, the style of the game is two players. There's strategy involved in it. I like the draft mechanic. It, I hope this works for him because I can see him releasing expansion packs with new wizards, you know. To make, mm-hmm. make sure they didn't, you can, I could probably, you know, if you have a family of multiple people, young, you know, young kids, this game is definitely right there for the young kids. Cause really, you know, not a whole heavy law strategy, you know, but it's just rolling dice and taking some names there. I like how you, how you worked our name in there like that. You need to work our name in for every review. You know, you could have for XCOM cause you know, you were rolling dice and taking some alien name, but I was waiting on it. <laughs> kicking some alien butt especially tonight uh, i wish him luck on that i enjoyed playing the demo um, i hope that you get a chance and maybe in 45 days we'll have another show you can talk a little bit about it okay
0: that'll work
1: so here's the second one this one is another kickstarter that's out there guys that marty and i were contacted and, <coughs> and <laughs> keep a straight face will you please I can't.
0: i can't i can't go ahead
1: all right so anyway, this company contacted us and they said, hey, would you be interested in a shirt? I can't even get their name by Miko Jarvanpa. That's, I hope that's even near close. Anyway, they sent me this email and they said, would you like a sample, a demo of the shirts we're going to produce that will have base games on them? And they had games such as chess, dominoes. I forget the other ones. And then one was tic-tac-toe. They also showed some other things like bags and things like that, Marty. So I said, yeah, that looks good. Why don't you send me like the dominoes and we'll see what it's like. So the premise is you've got a game board on your chest. <laughs> go ahead. This
0: can't this can't be a bad thing, right?
1: I mean, nothing can go wrong with this. I mean, yeah, exactly. What could go wrong on that? But so, unfortunately, Kickstarter told them that they felt that they had way too many um, options, okay, and that they okay. n- they needed to get just down to tic-tac-toe tea. and that's what this Kickstarter is. Go out there and check it out on Kickstarter, tic-tac-toe tea, and basically, it's a tic-tac-toe board with Velcro, and you stick the circles and squares on the chest. What, what could go wrong? You You need to, in our
0: blog post, show a picture of it. I will wear it, and I will do that. This is a sight to behold. The, you know, it's one of those things. The concept sounds
1: okay, and you know, if this was just a, uh, I don't know. Well, they're fifty percent funded. Uh huh. the The joke that we've been using is, you know, obviously, this isn't something that uh, a lady may wear. Correct. Because um, <clears throat> you know, oh, I'm gonna. Put it right there on the middle left box. Whoops. My bad. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, but I did. There is a positive here, Marty. Okay. What's that? How often are you stuck in line at, say, a theme park waiting on a ride? Never, but go ahead. Well, you're not because you don't go to theme parks. But let's say you are. Let's say you're a family vacation and you know that you're going to have built-in waiting. Uh-huh. Have daddy put on the tic-tac-toe tee <laughs> and the kids can sit there and play tic-tac-toe while they're waiting to get on the roller coaster or the scooby-doe ride or whatever. I just don't get it. You're standing in line. It gives
0: them something to do, you know? Yeah, I get I, I get that. I just oh gosh, you just gotta, you, everyone needs to just go out and look at this thing. Yeah. It's it's interesting. It's just, it's, it's one of those things that could be so wrong. Yeah. It, it's, it could be taken to so many bad
1: places. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you and and the the idea that they had about doing the vat bag the bag, with the game on it, I like that. No, that's cool. It's something besides a shirt I think is really interesting.
0: Uh, like you said, a shoulder bag or you know a grocery bag or something like yeah, that.
1: Well, you stick your games in the shoulder bag that has uh, chess on it. I mean, that's pretty darn cool. You could sit there while you're waiting to play a game. You can play chess or, or you're you know give the kid. As you're like you said, a, a grocery bag, a reusable grocery bag. You're going around. They can play tic tac toe while they're sitting in the cart or something.
0: No, I think that's great. Uh, Connect four, you know, something like that. Now, that's a lot of use for that, I guess. And maybe, maybe that's something they they go towards after after the t shirt. Maybe they apply this to other things. It's just the t shirt's only going to work for a guy. <laughs> it's just going to work for a guy
1: or a non inhibited female. Yeah, I'm not going to touch that one. Oh,
0: chicken.
1: All right. So anyway, those are the two other Kickstarter news that we have. Please go out and check them out. Definitely go take a look at Wizards Dodgeball and see what y'all think of that. Um, For me, it it was a good game. I don't have any young kids, so it would definitely not be a game I'd buy. But um, to me, it's a good game. What about the T-shirt? I got one. (laughs) Is it a good T-shirt?
0: Is it a great? Is it a T-shirt you would buy? Or it's a T-shirt?
1: For Tic-Tac-Toe? No. If it were something like like we just mentioned a bag or something, I would seriously consider it seriously. Yeah.
0: Agreed. That's right. An episode where there were no guests because we've been kind of on a guest roll recent recently. And in fact,
1: I think our, Next
0: episode has
1: a guest on it, doesn't Tony? And maybe the one after that. And well, you told me to get busy scheduling them. I mean, it's just so everything is working out. And I know we're going to fill our quota. But then when we go to the down months of the summer, when everybody's busy, this it'll balance itself out.
0: That that's very true. So yeah, so yeah, looking over the schedule, we do have some really cool cool guests
1: coming up in the next couple of months. But and then and do- then hold on, and then we've got Dan. <laughs> From Geek All-Stars? I wasn't going to say from where. I was just going to say Dan and leave it at that. Oh, I can't wait to have him back on. So we wanted to get this
0: episode in because there are so many games we want to talk about and some Kickstarters we want to talk about. And we just wanted to be us two and, and get all that out there. But you know what? We mentioned about our contest earlier for Harbor. That's not the only thing. As we had promised when we uh, got into a relationship uh, with Broken Token, uh, we're going to be giving away some uh, prizes from them. And we are going to be doing that on this episode. They have just come out with two brand new inserts for two very popular games. One being Seven Wonders. Wait, yes, they already had a Seven Wonders, but this new Seven Wonders insert will support the Babel expansion that comes with Seven Wonders, which, Tony, you just got recently.
1: Yes, I cannot wait. I haven't opened it yet, but I'm I'm biting at the bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And you need one of these inserts, obviously. Yes, I definitely do.
0: And the other insert I need, they have come out with one for Dead of Winter. And that was one of the knocks I had on this game when it first came out was that the insert wasn't that great for that game and needed something else. Well, they've come out with one. And so for this contest, we're going to give away three inserts, and it's going to be your choice of either the new revamped version of Seven Wonders or the Dead of Winter insert. And here's how you're going to win this contest. You need to submit a picture to either Twitter or our guild page or through email at rolledicetechnames at gmail.com or Instagram showing us why you need an insert for one of those games. And the one that's the most original or the one that makes us giggle the most or maybe the one that makes us cry the most will be one of the winners. Simple enough, isn't it? Just a simple picture showing why you need one of these inserts for either Seven Wonders or Dead of Winter. Contest will end
1: sometime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we didn't pick a day.
1: <laughs> well, okay, let's say the contest will end by St. Patrick's Day.
0: Oh, you got a long time.
1: Yeah, I mean, you might as well, because, I mean, they're having to digest two back-to-back episodes from us.
0: That's a good That's a good time to remember. St. Patrick's Day for both the harbor and the um, inserts. And the inserts will just come straight from Broken Token. You'll just get to pick uh, one of those two. And uh, we're excited. Tony and I both want both of those. We wish we can enter and win because he needs the babble and I need the debt of winner.
1: Exactly. So not a problem. That's okay. We got to, We'll go out there, and spend some money. Yep. It's another good show from my opinion, Marty. I don't know about you. <laughs> I
0: don't know. <laughs> I don't know these things till I edit it and go back and listen to it and go, Boy, we
1: sucked. (laughs) That's all right. That's okay. Um, Let's see. So let's go. Let's let's rehash real quickly. Um, So first off,
0: so 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 let's say we're doing the thing where we say what we're going to talk about at the beginning. Mm -hmm. We talk about it, and then we. What did you say? We rehash. We
1: Yeah, we we verify that that we talked about it.
0: That. That's what we talked about. Okay, got it. <laughs>
1: All right. So we, we did some reviews. This is
0: public speaking 101, people. Yeah.
1: By the way, you know, I'm looking for an idiot's guide to broadcasting, by the way. <laughs> so well, the first thing we said we we're going to do is we're going to do two reviews, or we're going to do some reviews, and we did that. X, X, yep. We reviewed X, XCOM at length, and um, don't let them eat. <laughs> let them, let them no, eat shrimp. Let them eat shrimp is the name of it. I don't know if we said don't, but let them eat shrimp. And then we went into um, some news, and then we talked about two more kids Oh, and Harbor too. Oh, and Harbor. We for, I see, for, yeah. and we announced two contests in this show. So if you've made it to this point, boom, we appreciate you listening to this point. And so you've got two contests and some good information about XCOM. Then we, you know, I'd love to hear if anybody else got XCOM that listens to us. What they thought of it
0: yeah uh, right now uh, from what i've seen on various social media people tend to like it and have enjoyed it. i haven't seen a lot of negative and i just said that some people may be turned off by it because if like you're a heavy euro gamer not into ameritrash games this product game probably is not going to change your mind just because the, those dice can just really get to you
1: yeah i understand i mean <clears throat> dice you got you got i enjoy dice games
0: Well, I I do too. And like I said, this one does mitigate the luck. Um, If you can get some good research cards out there that help you, that that can take care of it. But it does put a lot of pressure on that uh, chief scientist at the beginning to be able to roll well enough to get those cards out to you so you can use them. Mm
1: -hmm. Hey, guys, appreciate you listening. I mean, hey, you've been digesting a lot of rolling dice and taking names here lately. So if you would, just keep rolling dice. And taking names.
0: Follow us on Twitter at Dyson Names. Visit our website, names.com Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Roll Dice Take Names. Visit our guild on BGG. Like us on Facebook. Thanks, y'all. Okay, going back to the page with the notes to keep us from sounding so rough and...
1: <laughs> Thank you for checking out a United Geeks Network family
0: member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find Broken Prism Reviews, a YouTube channel bringing you game reviews in three parts, unboxing, express gameplay, and a quick rundown of what makes the game stand out. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com.